Rory's not here yet, but we we decided we 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 just really razz him tonight <laughs> with wizard stuff. <laughs> 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 With our, a theme, a, a Harry Potter-ish theme, Potter Day Magic Tuesdays. <laughs> yeah. So you know how it always works great when you write out an improv scene ahead of time? <laughs> hey, Rory. Hello. Used to be four ordinary teenagers. <laughs> Oh, ooh, well, welcome back. Welcome back to Potter Day Magic Tuesdays, the wonderful podcast of the wizarding world. Oh, oh, we're all magical students. We all all go to the Lumpy Pig Academy for spells and such. (laughs) And (laughs) it started started off sounding like you were doing like uh, doing like some sort of bizarre in Agrabah. <laughs> <laughs> no, I'm, I'm I'm a magical wizard. I'm, I'm, I'm a just boy a magic wizard. Boy. I'm a boy, a boy wizard. wizard. I'm Virginian Thundersharks. And I'm <laughs> I'm your your wonderful wizard. And and who are you, good good sirs? Oh, I'm Filigree Crownsworth. Yes, I also went to Lumpy Pig. I'm Gary and they don't <laughs> let me they don't let me talk about those wizards. They make me say. They make me. They make me. I had to sign one of those. One of those Harvard. Those Harvard secret society waivers. That's too <laughs> secret and spooky to even talk about what we're doing. <laughs> the, we're the funny bones. The, the what are they? The witter bones. The silly bones. Whatever those. Whatever those guys are. Yeah, the silly like that. bones. That's the one. <laughs> that's what they were. I like that you're well, world building a reason for you to not engage with our theme. No, I am familiar with I'm familiar with the material and the only reason that I cannot speak as eloquently on it is, is because of that funny bone pact with my other with my with my bone brothers. Well looks like you're never gonna be sorted into the main houses like we were. Like oh, and I was sorted I was sorted into House Ganderpiss. <laughs> I was sorted into House Gristlethwaite. I'm at the silly bones. So I'm already, I'm already ahead of you guys on this one. <laughs> the silly bone house, yes, of course. <laughs> mm, well, well, we're all happy to cast some magic spells in you this even, mm. um, and we're we're going to talk about cartoons. Yeah, it's yeah, probably Austin, Andy and Rory, and uh, we've got we've got three <laughs> shows for you. We've got our magical three shows: uh, Silverhawk, Sailor Moon, and Digimon. Yeah, and uh, we're gonna cast our spells of discussion. <laughs> of yeah, our spell discussion. of laughter. That's right. That's right. You, if you have any fond memories of these wonderful animated shows, uh, you know we're gonna just tear them right crack up. O- crack open minute, a can of second by second. Join us, <laughs> Roy. Shut up. You don't even. You don't even know a, a hinky punk from a Grindelo. You, you rube. You Slytherin. <laughs> <laughs> hey. Okay, that's not a slur. We can't do that. You can't just you can't just angrily call someone a Slytherin when. Oh Jesus Christ! <laughs> uh, which uh, which you? Which show do we want to watch first? What are we What are we talking about? Let's cast a first discussion spell on the episode twelve of Silverhawks. <laughs> a level one spell of first discussion. That's what they do in Harry <laughs> Potter, right? They've got level one spells. 
Yeah, you're right. Yeah. That's totally that's totally it. A broomstick's okay, away. I'll, 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 yeah, let's I'll, let's I'll, take I'll, our broomsticks. <laughs> <laughs> Yes, yes, welcome back to the Quidditch Pitch. Here we're going to watch Silverhawks episode 12, Zero, The Memory Thief. <laughs> uh, this one this one is, uh, I have a very shitty blurb for it, so here we go. Uh, the Silverhawks race to prevent the mob from launching a mega missile aimed at Earth. And it leaves out the whole primary plot. It does, yeah, it and does. And also, that, that's not a mistake. They're talking about Earth. They're talking yeah, they about are. Yeah. a giant, uh, a mega missile. Is that what it is? A yep. mega missile mm-hmm. they that they have now that they're going to send from the galaxy of Limbo all the way to Earth in about half an hour. <laughs> yeah, they do a really funny, like, kind of meta thing at this in this episode where, like, the timer on this missile is a half hour, sort of, you know, akin to, like, the half hour time slot this right. show fills. Right, and they start that right at the beginning of the episode. And then halfway, right before the commercial break, they say there's 11 minutes left. Uh, you know, kind of like the 11 minutes of out of 22 that would be the other half of the episode. Like it's it's cutesy. They they're like, ha, 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 we're doing a 24 thing. <laughs> this, this episode happens mm-hmm. in real time. Yeah, yeah Jack Bowers is running wonder... around. Damn it! <laughs> Damn it, Chloe! Damn it, Chloe! <laughs> How can I breathe in space? <laughs> Somebody call CTU. There's no time. No time. Damn it. <laughs> um, Where's the I bomb? Almost, I, I feel like <laughs> this was a note that they were responding to, like a studio note of like, yeah, but like Earth is never in danger. Why is there no stakes to this show? Why, why don't we not? We don't really care about anything here. Why don't you get Earth in there? <laughs> and then they, they found a way to have it so that they can shoot a missile all the way to Earth from another galaxy. Yeah. I don't really get why they couldn't just intercept the missile after it had been fired. Right, because it's going to take a while. It's yeah. going to take like 18 years to get there. It's super will. Uh, and, and Monstar's only motivation for blowing up Earth, I guess, would be to spite the Silverhawks. Like, they're not a direct threat. Because to... they don't live there. Yeah. Yeah, it's, it's a little strange, just like all the plots on this show. <laughs> the, the, yes. thing, the thing I recently Did, realized, I just wasn't paying attention too much before because their world building is so just bad. Beautiful. Um, and poorly laid out. But so much of Limbo I don't really understand. But I recently realized that Bedlama is the Earth-like planet that is that Hawkhaven orbits around. Yeah, that was the impression yes. I got as they've gone back to Bedlama a few times and it's normal-ish. But I don't... They've never called attention to its sort of like earthy qualities, I don't think. Right. Have they? I mean, that was sort no. of the Wikipedia entry was like. Ben but it's Lama. weird it like, because yeah, of that? all of the weird names, I, I associated Bedlama as a bedlam planet, like a bad planet. But um, I guess it's not. It looks well, lush and beautiful. It, yeah. it does look lush. And honestly, I wish we could have since it's so close to Hawkhaven, I wish we could have more stuff with Bedlama. I mean, just kind of having a relationship with. Bedlama and yeah. Hawkhaven and just getting a more of a tangible feel for this universe and not just that it's a bunch of it's like eight things floating in it's like it's like a Mass Effect universe right like there are eight places for you to go and interact with and then that's like it yeah I mean it's funny because 
you know, I mean, we just watched an episode or two of of uh, Galaxy Rangers, right? Which only predates this by like a year or two, but it yeah. is before. And Galaxy Rangers, on the whole, does a better job of like introducing you in a tangible way to like other races and species and planets and making them feel like places. And Limbo yeah. does not do that in any way, shape, or form. There just aren't a lot of people. Yeah, except you know, for Seymour. Except for C- you, you know what I mean. <laughs> so, so yeah, let's 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 walk through this this episode because we've got a, a very big new character that we're gonna have to talk about. <laughs> uh, I guess first off, the like plot convenience thing that happens is that uh, uh, Windhammer conjures a storm that's like covering half the galaxy, I guess, and it is intercepting <laughs> all communication between anyone. And so Stargazer can't get in touch with his team and uh, and tell them all the terrifying news about this missile he's discovered. Right, because they're flying around just kind of having fun. Uh, <laughs> we see we see Sil- uh, Quicksilver in his confirmed new ship. <laughs> yeah, the, the, the what's it called? It the Sprint, Sprint Hawk? Hawk, I think. Yes, yeah. Sprint Hawk. Because, God forbid, they should actually get to have the rest of the characters in the show. No, no, we have to. No, with this is small their groups. reason... They can just have Jonathan Quick and just have Johnny Quick fly around his ship and not have to include anybody else because this is the Jonathan Quick show, apparently. Gosh. <laughs> I love that his name is Jonathan Quick. You know, I've stopped writing Quicksilver in my notes. Every time I t- think about him, I write Jonathan Quick out full <laughs> because it makes me so much happier. It does. Uh, during this, Silver is a funny nickname for a person named like Jonathan Quick. You know, like how, how how little work they did to get from his <laughs> the, the the name they came up with first was definitely Quicksilver, right? Yeah. And then they're like, okay, well, what would what would get what would let us be, come up with a nickname for this nickname for this person? I don't know, John. Maybe his name's Quick? already no, wait, Quick. Wait, yeah, <laughs> Jonathan Quick. There it is. <laughs> there it is. Let's go home. <laughs> Uh, yeah, uh, so Stargazer has found out about this, this giant missile that we talked about that's going to get fired towards Earth, but he can't get in touch with any of the Silverhawks. And then, in his frustration, right at this moment, uh, arriving at Hawkhaven on the a guy taxi kind of walks in, which is a little weird. It is weird. Yeah. It's very weird. He just walks in the front door, is a new villain named Zero the Memory Thief. And this character is amazing. <laughs> He so he looks kind of like a combination between that ugly baby from The Simpsons and like a Don <laughs> Bluth <Skeksy>. villain. <laughs> yeah, like a Skeksis. Yeah, he's like a Skeksis. Oh and god. And his voice, his voice, he sounds almost exactly like Blind Pew from Muppet Treasure Island. Yeah. <laughs> like, hey, hello, little girl. <laughs> it's what like a vaguely Parisian, but yeah. It is that Blind Pew. <laughs> oh my god. He, yeah, he's doing like the most half-assed French accent ever. Uh, he's wearing a big robe and his chest is a reel to reel, like, I don't even know, like a recorder, like a recording device. You know, this is after a pretty decent string of like bad guys whose chest is a thing. (laughs) I know. (laughs) I mean, time stopper. Yeah. yeah. It's super strange. Yeah, Uh, he's got the the data tape nipples that <laughs> allow him to suck up memories with this wand. He he's also he looks like the villain from Rockadoodle. Oh, I think God. that's also Can we watch Rockadoodle on this podcast? Can we do I that? I love how how when when shows in science fiction fail to even consider 
that current technology is is will, will have ever been obsolete. So oh, in this yeah. sense, these people are flying around in spaceships and metal bodies and using you know eight track to, to record. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> it's really weird. But later in the Send episode, it to he me calls on it a laser disc. disc. <laughs> <laughs> They really oh, should have right. should have used Laserdisc. That would have been great. I would have oh, loved that. I bet it's trademarked. <laughs> but he takes all of Stargazer's memories. He takes his memory of the evil plan and also his memories of like all criminals. And then he's like, fuck it, I'm already here. And he takes all of his memories of all things. Yeah. <laughs> and then he pieces out in the same taxi cab. Yeah. And, he, and Stargazer's like, who are you? And he goes, I'm not telling. <laughs> 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 and yeah, he gets back in the fucking taxi and is 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 gone. Right. Uh, oh god! Right, but here's the thing: why it was such a shitty plan is be well, several reasons why it was a shitty plan. Mm. Uh, but Jonathan comes back, Jay Quick comes back, and he's like, "Hey, what happened? Oh, I bet it was Monstar." Well, shit, man, you just <laughs> immediately got him right on on the right trail. Yeah. Yes. So now, on one hand, it was. It, there was two funny things that happened here. One was kind of like the way that he was sort of really quick to to figure out that that um, that uh, Stargazer has lost his memory, and he's and no other confusing things are going on. Right? He's like, oh, right. he's lost his memory. But but then there's a, this, this hilarious little exchange where he turns to his bird and says, "I think Stargazer's lost his mind." <laughs> 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 no, that's really, really good, and I hadn't even thought about it. That's super good. <laughs> oh. but, <laughs> Says the one talking to his bird. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> well, yeah. I hate to really hammer in the inconsistencies here and the logical fallacies happening, because this is Silverhawks, but like you could just kill Stargazer or capture him, mm -hmm. and it does a better job. Yeah. You, they really should have killed Stargazer. Uh, or again, just keep him in a cage until the <laughs> missile's done. <laughs> well, it's not hard. Our boy Jonathan Quick looks at the security footage and sees that this guy showed up in a taxi cab, and so instantly he's incredibly like, "Oh, I bet it's Seymour, the one right. cabbie." Yeah, they deleted all the footage of showing Zero, the memory thief, getting out, but they still show the taxi cab showing up again. Yeah. It's Boy. it's uh, it's really slipshod, is what it is. Also, here's the here's the other thing: they can they can create a missile that will fly a thousand years through time and space to blow up Earth, but they can't give Zero the memory thief a fucking car. He's got <laughs> to ride his own taxi. Like, just give him a scooter. I don't care. Give him like a space Vespa. Just give him something. It's a. Uh, I'm I'm so done with this fucking show. <laughs> <laughs> and Seymour is complicit. Let's be real. He's yeah. so okay. He's true neutral, like right D and D style. Like he's not. He's like true neutral. He's totally in it for himself, and he doesn't actually care about anyone else. I'm in a moral gray area. You know <laughs> what I mean? <laughs> it's it's so weird. But he he takes he takes zero the memory thief to. Uh, well, he takes him to Monstar so that he can be like, I did the job. Ah. And Monstar is like, great, fantastic. And then Seymour takes him to our, uh, to what is it, Fence? 
Yeah, fans. The planet our with favorite, the our favorite planet in the no alcohol diner. Yes. <laughs> yes. And oh god, there's a really strange scene where when he gets there, like like he had to drive through a bunch of asteroids and stuff to get there, and he's like, "Wow, this is gonna cost you extra." You know what I mean? And they he charges him 572 limbo bucks and 64 limbo cents for this <laughs> <laughs> for this fucking cab ride. Well, there's also a line. Yeah, there's also a line where it's like, uh, you know, you pay the fare, I get you there. You, but there's like hazard pay involved. And I'm just, you know, I'm at my wits end with like how much attention these writers pay to like paying, paying yeah. money to people. Yeah, it's they, they don't because Seymour doesn't have a character other than that. That's what he cares about is, is, you know, car minutia. Yeah. You know, is like rate, he, you know, he likes his money. <laughs> okay, but you say they're paying attention to the money thing. And yes, of course they are. But they're also not because well, they're he, bad writers. Well, they yeah, they're, they're terrible. And he just paid almost 600 limbo bucks for one cab ride. And he goes in with all of Stargazer's fucking memories on a disc and is like, which one of you guys wants to buy this incredibly valuable thing? Two thousand limbo bucks. Oh yeah, like, you're right. I was. That's gonna like say, no fucking money compared to what he's not he just turning for a, a cab yeah. for a cab ride. Yeah, like he's not turning on. a huge profit. Like ask for a ten thousand at least. I didn't even think <laughs> I don't, about that. Holy shit! I don't pretend to know how this economy don't, works. Yeah, don't set up a system and then you know flagrantly like fuck it. Yeah. Like, I mean, you know, like, don't mess with the system. But your ransom, your ransom note is about two to three cab fares. Right. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. Like how, like when he finally pays for his way back off a fence, he'll be out of that money. <laughs> uh, I really should have asked for more. <laughs> so another thing we notice, Brinstar is this like weird, like clown castle where all the bad guys are always like escaping down slides. <laughs> yeah, they're, they're, they're coward tubes. I, coward I, yeah. tubes. <laughs> <laughs> Just, it's so weird. Everything about the way that this functions. I mean, it reminds me. I mean, we haven't watched Mighty Max on this show. I mean, yet. I don't know if we're going to at any point for a special. But Mighty Max is like, it. It was. It felt like that. It felt very like that. Like everything that was designed into the architecture of every place was like, oh man, I bet that'll be in the playset. Oh right, because they were making those 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 uh, full sets, those like collapsible toy sets. Yeah, and like right. that's kind of what that felt like. Like if they were ever gonna put out a Brinstar playset, that it would have tubes, right? And it would be super <laughs> cool to have tubes. It is one of the few <laughs> structures that is like super organic in shape. Yeah, compared to like the Silverhawk stuff that yeah, is they, they feel they feel inorganic. like intestinal the tubing. Yeah, I know yeah. what you mean. Like it it is definitely visually distinct. Once you see the castle versus literally everything else. Yeah. But, you know, it's still it's still a goofy place. I I don't want to pass over, though, a moment that was one of my favorites where Quicksilver confronts Seymour uh, yes. when he's leaving. Yeah. He's left fence and he flies up alongside and he gets out and talks to him <laughs> and. Uh, he, he, he asked Seymour, what were like, you, what were you doing at Hawk Haven? Right. And like, Oh, I, I dropped off zero, the memory, the memory thief. thief. And then, Oh, Oh, Oh no. The memory thief. You mean he like stole, 
<laughs> oh shit! I didn't realize the memory thief would thief memories. Yeah, I dropped him off. I dropped off zero the memory thief, and he had to go. <laughs> feels oh no. <laughs> It's, I don't know how much it's that Seymour is just a fucking idiot or if he's just really poorly trying to cover for his own, like, I knew I did a bad thing. Look, I was only doing my job. Look, you know, you can say that for a lot of weird atrocities, <laughs> you know, and yeah. and you should, you know, because those people are complicit. They're not just doing their job. Seymour, you're complicit. You could have blown <laughs> up the earth because you, you didn't, you know. I need to send you straight to fare. taxi jail. Yeah. To TJ? Yeah. <laughs> Don't send me to TJ. Yeah, I, not yeah. much else. Not much else happens, really. I mean, the plot-wise things happen. a final showdown, happen. right? I mean, like, yeah. everybody... There's running around. There's some laser shows as Jonathan Quick and then eventually the rest of the gang go to stop the missile. Yeah, right. I mean, they... Well, they the only out. plot thing that happens is they stop the missile. Right. right, but yeah. Monster also does get rocked off his squid uh, yeah. by Bluegrass and his power com- rock. Combat songs. Yeah, the music, like the staff, like picks him up <laughs> and like wraps yeah. him around and guides him off of his squid. Yeah, and the squid had already sort of like done like a prelude to tentacle porn with Jonathan Quick. Uh, yeah, he got he got all wrapped up. up. It, it was almost there, and then they got saved. And then the twins go down and they pick up the the missile like they just pick it up. It's huge and they lift it and it's fine because they're super strong. They chuck it away and it explodes on Brimstar, but it doesn't destroy Brimstar. I don't really get it. it you know what's that weird? I was thinking about this the show. Like we have been given the the information that they're super strong, but given that they're always the ones doing the strongman acts and they've. We don't really know comparatively how strong they are. Like, right, because we Jonathan don't see Quick, any regular people. Yeah, could Jonathan Quick and the Copper Kid maybe have done it? Or or definitely not. I don't know. I don't know. Exactly. You know, here's another thought like, about the It's just the funny missile. that we're 12 episodes in and, we're, and we know we've been told they're strong, but we've never really seen, like, differentially. Like, we cannot place it with, with, a, with a comparison to how strong they are. Yeah. Yeah, it's, look, we're we're not gonna get anything definitive. Yeah. About this. <laughs> it's not gonna happen. Uh, did you notice? I mean, I'm sure you did, but this is like what the fourth or fifth episode straight that the writers have just been like, "Fuck you, Copper Kid, you're not in this episode." Yeah, Chirps. yeah. Where is our Where is our mime boy? Where is our sweet <laughs> Where is our sweet boy? I mean, he, he was in the episode. Seconds. Yeah. yeah, and then he's not there when they need them. Like he's no. not, well, because, he's not taking so, care of business. So we've talked about, we've made it pretty abundantly clear that these are bad writers, right? Yes, yes. And writing a character who can't talk was clearly significantly above their pay grade. Yeah. Right. Like, <laughs> how do you write dialogue for somebody who can't talk? Right. How do you write you the first act of Wally? Yeah. Like I every don't episode. Know. <laughs> well, uh, I just uh, have one more bit from this okay. episode. Um, there's a moment where. Uh, the very last one of the last lines of the episode, they're like, well, I guess we're going to have to beef up security at Hawkhaven. So we have no more unwanted guests like Z- And I, th- I really hoped they were going to say Seymour. And they said, <laughs> but no more unwanted guests like Seymour. <laughs> That's where uh, I wanted it to go. I man. I'll tell you what. I think I've only I'm, I'm just going to throw out a random number here, right? Like I've only got maybe like one more episode of this show that I want to watch. 
Well, no way. Me too. Yeah, right? Oh. Like, isn't that strange? Like, maybe just one. Just one. Because I think I'm at my wit's end. Okay, so, Mr. Andrew, I was hoping you could tell us about one of our sponsors this week. Yeah, okay. So, we are being sponsored by the Downtown Trouser House. Ooh, the Downtown Trouser House. Yeah, have you guys ever been there? I've been a couple times. Good trousers. No, I haven't. Please tell me oh, about it. Austin, you would love the Downtown Trouser House. They got all them trousers. Uh, and when I say all the trousers, I mean all possible trousers. Uh like I, I across I can't every dimension. Yeah, I can't underscore underscore that enough. Uh, trousers for every shape and size and number of legs and shape <laughs> of legs and you know utility imaginable. Uh, so Austin, you with your weird legs would just be. I mean, I know you have trouble your, finding your pain. cleft hooves. <laughs> <laughs> I know you've got those leg problems that flare up. He's the fawn. He's lower goat. <laughs> Yeah, they've got goat <laughs> pants for your every need, Austin. Wow, uh, they've got they've got pants in eighty six C. Yeah, so the downtown trouser house yeah, I, house. I know the name. Don't shut up. <laughs> <laughs> so the downtown trouser house, uh, it, it caters to all needs. Uh, I personally need uh, need creamy trousers. Uh, I like them to be. I like them to look like normal pants on the outside, but on the inside, it's like nice and gooey cream. Uh, it's just it's just great for my legs. <laughs> and uh, Rory, I know you have specific needs for your pants. Uh, I like to I have flames on the side of the clothes I wear. Oh, you you got that Guy Fieri special. <laughs> yeah, you know what I'm talking about. But he's all about the shirts, and I'm like, I want to I want to feel more like a race car than a than like a flame guy. Yeah, mine's mine's more like a I've got kind of like a race car motif going on with the way I dress. <laughs> yeah, you just got to be careful when you're browsing in there because they do have every possible pant. So there are infinite shells and you can get lost. Uh, they don't really help you out very much. Uh, the map is the size of like a, a, a yellow pages. So you get, you get trapped in a loop. You get disappeared yeah. for a week in the culottes. <laughs> yeah. Uh, you know, the pleated section alone is enough to just, you know, you can get I, there's skeletons in there if you take a wrong turn. Jod purse uh, <laughs> everywhere. Uh, but you know, I don't mean to scare you. Uh, they're, they're a very wonderful institution. They, you know, they serve literally everyone. So I don't know why everyone doesn't go there. They'll have your pants. They'll have the ones for you, you and your weird legs, the downtown <laughs> trouser house. Well, all right, friends and family, we're back at Saturday morning, Tuesdays. Wizard uh, edition. We're waving our wizards. We're waving our waving our wizard sticks around, and, <laughs> and they're not wizard sticks. <laughs> Ooh, say, say say hello to my my pet ostrich who delivers my mail. Her name's Elaine. <laughs> That's pretty whimsical. <laughs> no, it's it's just real life stories. So in Don't this episode of, of Sailor Moon, <laughs> it's really hard. Episode okay. twenty two. Yes, you're correct. Episodes 22, The Power of Friendship. The Sailor Guardians grow in strength with its newest member, Sailor Jupiter, joining the team. Sailor Moon is appointed as team leader and is handed the Moon Stick, an item that can locate the seven rainbow crystals. Kind of. Yes, that's, that, that is a very poor, that is not a plot, uh, yeah. a plot synopsis as much as a couple things that happened. But the episode was mostly <laughs> about Sailor Moon and Molly. 
Right. Yeah, Molly. Molly's really sad about Neflite being dead, and uh, she seeks out the help of a priest. She's straight <laughs> bummed about it. She goes to she she looks to God for her answers. A fresh, a fresh mustachioed priest, and then uh, you know, and Melvin's crystal, there. Then you get crystal problems. You know, it's funny. Uh, I, I in anime where it's like these characters appear fairly racially ambiguous. Mm-hmm. Uh, but trending towards kind of Caucasian. Yeah. And then you see an actual Disney person influence. who's meant to be white. And you're like, oh, they can go way deeper. <laughs> this priest is like fully, fully like a, just a honky. Just a full, full <laughs> Hello, I'm Honky Priest. Today's <laughs> <laughs> new character, Honky Priest. <laughs> um, yeah. So we open up the episode and Tuxedo Mask is having a spoopy dream. Oh, uh, this moment in the mist is so good. Right. We got we got a dream Serena just like whispering to him very loudly, like super oh, loud. We don't know who whispers. it is, though. It's Serena. Yeah, it's Serena. But she's Homer, <laughs> Homer whispering to him like, you have to find the crystal. Yeah, both of the actors are are hamming it up so hard in this scene. And it's so good. <laughs> It's brilliant. Tuxedo mask. Show me your face. Let me Tuxedo mask. Show me your face. Uh, and then Darian wakes up and he's like sweating. And he's like, wait, am I Tuxedo mask? Oh, oh. man, that is sure explain a lot of things. Right. <laughs> <laughs> you know, like my blackouts, and the nightmares and all these top hats in my closet. <laughs> waking up waking up in the middle of the woods like covered in formal wear <laughs> the wear hunk <laughs> uh, one time i had a cravat around my neck and i didn't know why i didn't even know what it was i had to take a picture of it and google it um yeah so this is the episode where darian finds out that he's tuxedo mask which is kind of fun i don't know what he's going to do with that information moving forward um, yeah, it'll be interesting. We'll see if he's still like a jerk to Serena. Well, I think we know he, he's, yeah, he's up to no good with that information is what, is what we learned. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so um, yeah, Darian's dream is great. Uh, we jump out into uh, Zoocyte talking about that they retrieved the first crystal. Right, there's some more crystal Joe. talk. We get some more crystal talk. Uh, pretty much a recap of what we heard last time about these crystal seven crystal warriors who mm-hmm. were in the orbs and then they were split apart in the war between the moon the people moon, and the nega the people. people. <laughs> we're going to get more of this from Luna later, so we'll come back to it. Yeah. And then they identify that the next crystal is inside of some rando honky priest. Uh, so then, yeah, so they go with that. And then we cut to school and Molly's not in class. And uh, we find out why. I mean, we knew why, but she's been in the mope zone for a she's week. She's been in the mope zone for a week, and we get another flashback of Nefly dying again. <laughs> get a doctor. He's done yeah. now. It's like, <laughs> what do you think she told her mom? Do you think she just was saying like, "I'm sick"? Yeah, probably. Or she's like, "My I adult boyfriend, boyfriend. <laughs> my adult boyfriend vaporized in my arms." <laughs> she's like, both these teenagers these days, I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> or her mom was just keep staring at diamonds and yeah wasn't paying attention to her. I mean, that's right. Her daughter literally stole one of her like priceless gems and ran yeah. off into the night to give it to her adult boyfriend. Right. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I I hope she knows something is going up. Um, 
I have to I have to be very thankful for this episode because it gave us a lot of Melvin FaceTime and I've <laughs> I've missed it. A yeah, lot of Melvin shouting his young, lines. Yeah, to... young Sheldon is a, is a strong vibe out of Melvin <laughs> this episode. <laughs> I didn't notice this was a CBS production. Yeah. Uh, hey, I learned I some new jokes on the internet. Yeah, you don't want to <laughs> hear the kind of internet jokes that Melvin would think are funny. Oh boy. I mean, he no, probably we didn't get any of those. And, Ser- and Serena's immediately like, we'll go over there because that was a good idea. But I swear to God, Melvin, if you tell a joke. <laughs> <laughs> he just starts trying to recite memes poorly. <laughs> just like, God damn it. I, I don't know. Melvin is wonderful. Uh, Melvin delivers to me my favorite line of the week, I think. Uh, oh, yeah. Um, it's a little out of order. But so they've gone to cheer up Molly. And Molly wants to go for a walk in the graveyard. Yeah. And Melvin says, I don't like graveyards. There's no computers. <laughs> You're too quiet. There's no computers. Hey, why don't we go over here and I'll tell you how that bridge was built. Yeah, then, yeah I was going to say, then immediately yeah. he loses hey. his train of thought. He's like, hey, look, a bridge. Who wants to learn exactly how the bridge was made? <laughs> Didn't we talk about at one point on a much earlier episode that Melvin is like the lowest tier of nerd, the like schematics nerd? Yeah. Like, right. <laughs> yeah. He, but he technically, totally... bridges are kind of cool, and he was like a tank nerd, and tanks I mean, are not I'm, cool. That's I'm true. I'm a little biased, but I do like a good bridge. <laughs> I'm a bit of a bridges man. Bridge. I get it. It's because your last name is Bridges. It's really it's a it's a good little that's a good little joke you made there. You said the secret word, ding ding ding. <laughs> <laughs> I'm a transformer, but I can only become a bridge. <laughs> I can only become infrastructure. <laughs> um, oh, no. So uh, we go to Luna. Uh, we go to Luna um, talking about, and the rest of the scouts talking about central control. Yeah. So she's she's talked to central control. Which are those weird people that talk to her through the arcade machines? The arcade. We still don't know who they are. Not at all. Uh, and I guess her... now that there's four Seattle Scouts, they need a like an official structure. Right. It's not just like some friends hanging out. Yeah. Because sure. while well, Sailor Moon was definitely kind of the goggle girl by the way that they structured the show, it was not an official position. Yeah. Right. And right. now she they now dispersed. need to make it official. And they need to get her a pair of goggles. Right. Yeah. Now that especially there are several strong-willed folks on the team mm-hmm. uh, who, who like are, are doing shit. Yeah, so they they have like a sailor moot, <laughs> a sailor's moot. <laughs> uh, there's a moment in this scene where they're talking about the crystals, right? Because Luna gives yeah, them yeah, Luna gives another, them the lowdown. She gives them the lowdown on the like the war that the negative dirty Moon crystals had a thousand years ago, and the crystals, and we see that shot from the opening of the crystals flying down to Earth and all that other stuff. Uh, but there's a great moment where Luna says like, "Well, and we already got one from Game Machine Joe." And it's just really strange to hear her voice actor say "Game Machine Joe," <laughs> like that. Those that phrase was not meant to be delivered that way. <laughs> uh, but she tells them all the stuff, and then they it, the, the the topic comes up of whether or not they even think that Serena should be the leader because currently she's the one who has this uh, crescent moon wand that can yeah. track the crystals. Right. We get a fun little insert shot of. Okay, so I was gonna double check that. So they do call it the crescent moon wand in this, right? Yeah. So the synopsis when I called it the moon stick, somebody else just wrote something <laughs> funny. Somebody else just called it something funny. Someone is putting you on, Rory. 
<laughs> you never know with leg. like dubbing and translating and the amount of times this has been kind of like reworded, like where yeah. the right where the right language is. Yeah, I'm pretty sure Deke's name for it is the Crescent Moon Wand. Okay. But uh, but yeah, Austin, you were saying about the the insert. Yeah, shot. they have an insert scene where they kind of like look. Serena's not actually that responsible. I'm not sure why she has it, and they imagine her breaking open. Whether she's actually doing it at home or not, or they're <laughs> just picturing it, uh, she's like breaking open her piggy bank with it and like counting <laughs> the money. Uh, it's very it's funny. Really good. It's really good. Uh, and it cuts back, and then uh, Ray Ray thinks that she should be the leader because Serena isn't super responsible and, mm-hmm. you know, isn't always super on task. And, you know, then she bullies Amy into doing what she wants. <laughs> yeah. That's pretty standard, but standard finally good leader have, behavior. Uh huh. Uh huh. Yeah. But we now have Lita who, uh, has her own strong opinion and she's right. of the opinion that Serena just needs a little bit of like prodding and that she's got guts and that she's going to be a good leader in the future. Right. Even yeah. though Lita appears to me to be the strongest case for obvious best leader because she's yeah. everything and just nice and supportive <laughs> I uh, know. and her transformation is super cool. It is. Yeah. And her and attack she, yeah, is cool. She uses lightning. So they call Serena up on the phone as like, I guess Look, the best leader is the one know. who doesn't want the job, right? That's how yeah. it goes. That's the yeah. trope. I agree. I think they that, they yeah. they call her up on let her know that they're going to have a sailor's moot, and <laughs> she's immediately like, "Oh no, I'm seeing a movie." Peace. Uh, yeah, yeah. And but then course, they all just kind of you know, stew. <laughs> yeah, you know. But like on the other hand, they just called her drop of the hat. Like, yeah, hey, here's she was an idea. You guys, you guys all planned to be here, so why didn't I get this? Why didn't I get that same phone call? Why'd you wait yeah. till the last minute to call me? I got plans now. It's not right. my fault I have a social life. Right. <laughs> it's like, look, you call me after six o'clock on a weeknight and like I'm already <laughs> doing something. OK, <laughs> you know, the rest of my night is spoken for. They need a Sailor Scouts Google calendar. They yeah. really do. Uh, but Molly runs off. That's like the main thing that that happens here. She runs off because uh, she's feeling really upset and she goes to talk to a uh, honky priest. She goes to talk yeah, to the priest. Mustache boy. And uh, he says some pretty legit stuff to her. Actually, I expected him to maybe be a creep or maybe be weird or or I don't I don't even know or be unhealthy. I'm not going to lie. I didn't hear a single word he said because I was just staring at his mustache mm-hmm. and weird hair. Stop objectifying the priest. Because uh, he's about to become <laughs> significantly cooler. Yeah. <laughs> oh, yes. Way oh, cool. Yes. Uh, so <laughs> let's talk about <laughs> this. This fucking demon that shows up out yeah, of the so male when, boxing harpy. <laughs> so. <laughs> When uh, Zoocyte pulls the pulls the crystal out of the priest, he also gives a really great scream <laughs> that oh, yeah. feels like. I mean, also the voice actor for this priest, it feels like he's not really a professional. He's like maybe dad. he, yeah, like he knew somebody on set, <laughs> you know, and they let him come in for a minute, and oh. like, cause and that that's a just a goofy ass scream. It's a really good one. It's like ah. Oh. <laughs> 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 Yeah. Oh no, look what happened to me. Oh, oh shoot. <laughs> and that's uh, when he turns into a vulture kickboxer. Bobo Bobo the Vulture. Uh yeah. Really weird. And he he transforms. He's got he's like a birdman. He's a, a a strange birdman wearing big old boxing gloves. His belt buckle is the like 
round start bell. Ding, ding, He's ding. He's got like an Everlast head guard because <laughs> safety he, is very important. And as soon as he shows up, he says, get ready to rumble. Uh, <laughs> and I hope that the other five of these rainbow demons are going to be as strongly themed as the first two because, yeah. boy, oh, Game God, Machine yes, please. and this like boxing guy. Game Machine Man and Bobo the Kickboxing Vulture. (laughs) (laughs) Like, I'm on board with that. Yeah, Uh, it's a lot better than just like a a photography monster. Yeah. (laughs) These are like three layers layered on top of each other. (laughs) Uh, This kickboxing vulture starts throwing boxing gloves. He can shoot them off of his hand like like a a rocket pistol. Yeah. It's a never-ending oh, supply of rocket missiles, and uh, we have uh, a couple folks saving the day from unexpected ah. places. Uh, we have Tuxedo Mask jumps in and saves mm-hmm. Serena. Oh, first we have, it's like a train, right? It's like mm-hmm. yeah. uh, Jupiter saves Serena. Serena gets saved again by Tuxedo. Uh, Molly is about to get hit and gets saved by Melvin. Fucking Melvin showing up with his nutsack. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Yeah, Melvin, Melvin's becoming a real boy. Doing the, <laughs> the first the first goddamn positive thing he's ever done in the whole show, uh, showing up and saving Molly. And uh, yeah, it's it's interesting. Tuxedo Mask, does he really do anything other than save her? He saves her and then he finds the crystal. And yeah, runs he gets off the crystal. It. Yeah. Yeah, that's right. Because when they when when they uh, when the demon turns into a demon, the crystal like shoots off in a random direction and they can't right. find it. And then Zoocyte's like playing the seeker in, in Quidditch and she's trying to find the golden snitch to end the game. <laughs> oh! But the other seeker, the Tuxedo Max, find, finds the snitch, finds the golden she snitch just before say Tuxedo Zoocyte Max. does. <laughs> Tuxedo, Tuxedo Max. Tuxedo Max. <laughs> Tuxedo Max. Um, I love Quidditch. <laughs> this is a wizard. It's a wizard theme. Yeah, wizard. That's, that's from the novel series Harry Potter. <laughs> Um, each each title is different, but Harry, Harry, Potter. Harry Potter is sort of the commonly accepted uh, <laughs> title for the series of books. Yeah. And there was also a movie series as well. Uh, but Harry Potter is the main character and he's a wizard. So there's sort <laughs> and, of yeah. some fun adventures they have. Gary, you played Quidditch, didn't you? <laughs> uh, you were... Yeah, I, I was on the I was on the I was one of the hammers, the hammer guys. Oh, yeah. A blaster. <laughs> a blaster. That's one of those fun. One of those blasters. Because we know you love putting people on blast. I'm putting on blast and I just flew <laughs> around on that broomstick, bopping them on the little heads. Um, <laughs> bop, bop, you just got blasted. Harry Potter. <laughs> Harry Potter. <laughs> That's your war cry. Harry Potter. <laughs> <laughs> so so uh, they find the golden the snitch. Uh, Tuxedo Mask finds the crystal. Uh, yeah. And then uh, Sailor Moon, uh, once the lightning blast happens and gets zapped, uh, then Sailor Moon uses the Crescent Moon wand and turns the the demon back into an even, like, the Gandalf the White version of the priest. Yep. Uh-huh. Who was in, like, black robes and now he's in white robes and we get some Bible, some fun Bible quotes. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. It's like sort Jesus of our favorite Sailor Moon Bible verses. <laughs> I must tell um, the world, violence is a dreadful thing. We must try to purge it from our lives. I don't think that's a Bible quote. <laughs> yeah, probably not. But it's like, from the Sailor Moon Bible. Yeah. It's, oh, it's, yeah. From, the, it's from the Book of Honky. <laughs> from, the, from the Book of the White Moon? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, and that's pretty much the episode. 
yeah, yeah. Molly Molly uh, helps out. She she feels really uh, really grateful for for Melvin saving her life, and she's patching up Melvin's arm with a piece of Neflite's old clothes that she it's is just giving me some some premon- some some premonitionary things that right? I like, don't feel is great this a about. Fairy? I have expected Molly to like reach over and take off his glasses and reveal that he's a hunk. That he's hot. He's been hot the whole time. <laughs> oh, like, Melvin's we, secretly we knew he hot. Was a hot. <laughs> <laughs> oh, mm, Molly. Tell me more about, so tell me about this bridge you were t- <laughs> telling me about. <laughs> <laughs> no, yeah, uh, no Melvin, Melvin is still on the to avoid list. <laughs> very he's still true. on the no fly list. Yeah. <laughs> uh, the only other thing that happens at the end of this episode is that uh, Serena Serena doesn't get the crystal, right? Because Tuxedo Mask finds the crystal and runs away. Yeah. With it. Uh, but Serena finds this weird locket on the ground that's mm-hmm. star-shaped. And when she opens it, it plays like a music box version of the theme song and sort of spins. And we don't really know what that is yet or what like significance that has at all. But it kind of implies that Serena maybe has some like weird past-life memories of it. Yeah, it's um, it's clearly tied to her old connection with tuxedo mask and some sort of connection there i i think yeah yeah i think tuxedo mask had it and it's one of those like i don't know why i have this <laughs> sure and then he got the crystal and he used it on himself somehow to transform himself back into darian to yeah. confirm his theory that he was tux max i knew it <laughs> tuxedo max is me he was he was tucker max <laughs> he's tj max the whole time <laughs> he was tj max oh my god we're gonna have to abbreviate this to tj max for the rest of the <laughs> that's way quicker than tuxedo mask it's so much better it just saves us all that time yeah because we know we're, we're really lean and mean here uh, uh at saturday morning tuesdays we're a real Is short that, yeah, we clip along in a good 90 minutes, minutes all those pace, abbreviations yeah. we we've come up with all that shorthand <laughs> <laughs> that really the, helps the other, so be the ready other for our show to thing. become significantly less accessible <laughs> well, especially, I mean I mean, it does help Kevin Sorbo not get on board with us so I'm into that yeah, yeah, I'm supposed to learn 19 also, acronyms well F that yeah, he's still on the no fly list along with, <laughs> along with Melvin. it's Melvin and Sorbo and you know more to come but uh, then we had a sailor says and what was it about it was about like I forgot. I don't remember what it was. It was weird. I forgot it too. It so, kind so of here's, in one, came out here's my understanding. Yeah. It, it was kind of a pointless little one, but Serena's like, my friends mean a lot to me. And then all of her friends chime in and say kind of okay things about Serena. And they're like, yeah, she's not oh, the best yeah. fighter. She's not the bravest. She's not graceful. But hey, she's got a good heart and she makes people smile. And making people smile is worth a lot. Uh, and that's, you know, that's kind of nice, but it's not really related to what happened this episode. No. I mean, yeah. It, it it fills the fills the gap. Yeah. Uh great. So Darian knows he's tuxedo mask, he's TJ Maxx, and uh and that was and maybe there's episode. gonna be a fight about the boss, and that's kind of the stuff we're the like yeah. the long form stuff we're still waiting mm-hmm. on. Hey Austin. Yeah, Andrew. Andrew, what's up? Well, I just know, you know, you're super hip to all the internet fads, right? Mm-hmm. Like I know that's 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 a famous bit of knowledge about you. You're you're all up on them them teen memes. Yeah, I, uh, I read Google at least once a day. Oh man, uh, can you tell me about this this thing that all the teens are doing on YouTube called Steve's dropping? <laughs> <laughs> okay. <laughs> 
Yeah, so Steve dropping is the latest internet prank sensation uh, where you've got to find out who is the Steve. <laughs> Every time, like, whenever people are talking, uh, but, like, people might be talking in public and they're just talking. Mm-hmm. Uh, and they're not related to this. Like, they're just, like, two adults that are talking on a park bench or something. And yeah. kids get to, get to go around and they're on video and you got to Snapchat it. And they go around, they find out uh, if one of them is, is Steve. <laughs> um, and, but they can Tell only, me. they can listen to their conversation. They can't ask them directly. Right. So they can, they can listen. Like, no Steve dropping, as it. it were. Right. No Steve's dropping. And they can listen really closely and wait for context clues. And as soon as they say one of their, their names is Steve, uh, then they just kind of tickle them. that's sort of the end goal the end goal is is to give those adults a good tick (laughs) (laughs) they deserve it and that's that's kind of Uh, that's kind of the the goal so it's obviously it's kind of gotten out of hand yeah correct me if i'm wrong at the end of each video they turn to the camera and they say something right Mm -hmm. yeah that's right they turn to the camera and they say uh this is this is for you jesus christ so it sort of began as like a religious thing uh, for a lot of religious teens to pass the time in, in right. churches. And so uh, they're doing this for, for Jesus Christ. Um, and they, they send the videos to heaven when they're done. Because <laughs> <laughs> they know Christ's need for, for pranks. That incorrigible Christ. Mm-hmm. And so it became a meme, obviously. And so people did all the fun internet pictures about it. Uh, and they put it on Twitch. So they'll you'll see a Twitch streamer go around Steve's dropping. Um, and that the Twitch stream, uh, guess who subscribes to it? Jesus Christ. Wow. <laughs> so he's watching, he's watching that Twitch, Twitch stream up in heaven. That's a good get. Yeah. Yeah. So be sure to check it out. Uh, they're not a sponsor, but it's very fun. Yeah. <laughs> well, I just cast a spe- casted a spell of showing up again. Ooh. Or, uh, ooh. Um, yeah, I'm running low on energy, and the wizard thing is kind of kind of running out of wizard steam. But I am still here. He's going strong. <laughs> so we're gonna we're gonna talk about Digimon. Episode twenty five, Princess Karaoke, uh, and that is that is a great title of, the, of this incredible episode. Which of course uh, let's, uh, let's is, do a, the is synopsis. A, it's a, it's of course a pun off of that famous movie Princess Mononoke. <laughs> Even though this was made, well, no, actually, no, I think this does predate Princess Mononoke. Right? Mononoke is ninety nine, and this is ninety seven. If I'm correct, this was ninety nine as well. Ooh, I keep. So then maybe it did come out earlier in Japan. So they might no. Well, but it would, the, I don't know. The, the Japanese I, title we're getting off topic. Andy, Andy has tricked us. He's cast a wizard spell. <laughs> he's, he's trying to get us to talk about anime. Oh! <laughs> <laughs> Look at what I've done. I'm such a, a rascally little wizard boy. <laughs> a rascally little wizard. I'm the anime wizard. I like both of them. <laughs> That's an unforgivable curse, Andy. <laughs> 
And now you have to go to jail. <laughs> but the regular one, not like the fun wizard jail. You've got to go the the real one. Not even they're not Toxie jail. Oh man, this is this is just like when when Harry Potter broke broke into the Cauldron Smith's cottage and stole and he had to his five jam. years. Five years in the federal slammer. <laughs> For stealing pixie jam. Yeah, it's just like that famous <laughs> Harry Potter story from from that book. Yeah, uh, and all of her later stuff was just not as good, was it? <laughs> please, okay. please tell yeah, us. Yeah, let's read the synopsis for Princess Karaoke. Yeah, told you. I could do this all day. Ty <clears throat> and Joe discover Mimi being waited on as a princess by some music-loving Digimon who hope to awaken their master from a deep sleep using the power of Mimi's voice. <sighs> oh, boy. Uh, there was just so much to process. There's so much. And episode. the synopsis does glaze over an opening scene on Ty and Joe in the swan boat, which was pretty fun. <laughs> it was a pretty cute scene. Yeah, that, that'll be featured in our 2019 Hunks and Novelty Vehicles calendar. <laughs> uh, the swan boats come back for a, rep- for a reprise. Yeah. Uh, God, I love that little swan boat. And they're pa- they're paddling it like it's a paddle boat. And their Digimon are just being little lazy shits because they're like, oh, no, our legs are too short to reach the paddles. I guess we'll just lounge here. <laughs> uh, but, yeah, Ty and Joe are off looking for Mimi. Uh, yeah, then they they find a giant castle and the this big palace. And they walk in, they see some weird, silly frogs. Oof. Uh, Gekkomon and Otamamon, some mm-hmm. like poly, little polywogs. Little polywogs, yeah. Now, they, I want to say they're geckos, but. Yeah, I want to clarify they that linguistically. Like they're not geckos. Uh, gecko Gecko is an onomatopoeia for frogs. What frogs do? Okay. There's there's like three onomatopoeias for frogs croaking. It's Kero Kero, Gero Gero, and Gecko Gecko. Because I knew the Kero Kero one from Super Mario RPG. Right. But so so gecko is not actually about G-E-C-K-O. It's it's just it's about frogs. They're all frogs. Because okay. o- yep. Otamamon's a little tadpole, Geckomon's a little frog, and we'll meet a big frog later. Yeah. They've got little trumpets around their neck. Yeah, yeah they're or, born, or they, they're born inside of a trumpet uh uh tuba. Are they I couldn't tell. Are they supposed to be like tubas or is it like a phonograph horn? Right, um, sort of. Like, you're not, it's wrong. Just meant I suppose to be a technically, it could be the, the yeah, but it wraps around them the same way a sousaphone does. True, you're right. Uh, you're very right about that. Yeah. So these these silly these silly amphibians lead <laughs> our our heroes up to the the lobby where they they do that talk about oh the queen oh so worried okay we got to get this thing for her we've got to prepare this oh no, no she's going to be so. Burgers. Right. And we, if we, I can, if, if this is, um, this might need to be cut out to make any sense, but I wanted to talk about with you guys because this episode is sort of like deeply nested in my psyche. I've, it's one of the few that I happen to just see a bunch. And I got like pretty strong, pretty strong Frog Kingdom vibes off these Gekkomon. <laughs> <laughs> oh, man. Oh, boy. Yeah. That's probably fair. That's from you, our you old think, series. Yeah. That's a, in Manhattan. Deep mermaid in Manhattan cut. So you think you think maybe this this episode nested itself so deep inside of you that it came out later when you were writing. Possible. <laughs> you, you wrote the Frog Kingdom based on these little fucking dudes. Based on this Frog Kingdom, me, like yeah. we owe like copy. We owe we're in serious copyright trouble. <laughs> well, it's also pretty fair because uh, you know all of these Geckomon have like really annoying lateral lisps. Mm-hmm. So they're like a polka dot party dress. 
or a pink pants and boots. The princess. It's it's <laughs> really exhausting. Uh, but see the the huge vibe that I got from this episode was um, actually an episode of Angel. What? Which came out a few. Uh, the episode came out a few years after because I think Angel was like early two thousands. Maybe but, yeah. There is a, there's uh, an episode in Angel like yeah. season, end of season two where they go to a kingdom and Cordelia's missing and they're in oh, this yeah, magical right. kingdom and they hear all this stuff about the queen ahead of time. Then they go to save her and she's the queen. Right, they go to they save her and uh, they hear about this evil queen and suddenly it's Cordelia and she's just like mm-hmm. sitting there like being a princess and and mm-hmm. she kind of doesn't want to leave and she's really enjoying the enjoying the life. Yeah, she's Ty, being Cordelia. Ty and Joe show up at this castle and uh, all of the frogs are listing the many like the many tasks they have to do for their for their queen. Or their princess. Yeah. And uh, when she finally descends the stairs, uh, she sees them and is like, oh, bummer. <laughs> that was really <laughs> <and> she, <laughs> They did kind of fuck something up, in my opinion, though, mm. is that they're building up to this big reveal that the queen is actually Mimi. And I think most people could figure it out, but some kids might not figure that out and it'll right. actually play as a reveal. But the kids say it's Mimi before you actually see the visual yeah uh, reveal and it seems like they could have done that the other way around is show me walk out in the dress and then they say it's mimi but they first say it's mimi when it's they're looking at joe and tk weird so yeah. they give it to us like they give it to us early and they kind of throw the reveal there is the, there is a really good reveal though that is not to be understated uh when they're back in they're back in mimi's chambers talking about like you know how she came to how she came to being a princess and like we got to go and and then in walks Palmon in a princess dress. <laughs> yeah, yeah that was totally that was into this cute. too. It was really funny. Yeah, I love that Palmon is just like super complicit in this bullshit. <laughs> she just doesn't even see that there's anything wrong. She's like, yeah, yeah same shit, different day with kind Mimi. of the voice of reason while their while their companion is fucking up, and that does trend towards what Palmon becomes as Mimi descends into darkness. Right, but right now she's in on <laughs> she's she's bought into it. Yeah. Right. Uh, but but Mi- Mimi, Mimi doesn't want him to be there. No, no, she gets pretty fed up pretty quick, and she <laughs> immediately sends them out onto their ass, like outside the palace. Yeah, I mean, Joe even says some really nice shit. He's like, "Man, you know, we like you. We want, we we risked our lives to be here. We really want you to come with us." And yeah, and that does not do anything for her. Uh, she she makes them. She's drunk on power. She right. wants these peasants removed from her boudoir at once. Right. And now there's and also there's a anything... fun there's a pretty cool little little uh, piece that we get finally. Uh, no, so uh, of of Demi Devamon's like machinations. Oh uh, right, his, right. So so his attempt here is to kind of basically spoil her beyond um, beyond you know coming back from it, and that it will kind of in, you know inert uh, her her crest. Right, her crest uh, because of she's the quest of sincerity, and she's not being sincere. She's being uh, bratty and spoiled there's a little bit of a reaching sort of opposites but i let it go Yeah, he's not really being the the agent in this episode he's he he gave a small nudge and the rest is all mimi it's all mimi but what what i was gonna say was like this is the first time that this plan is sort of centered on an outcome where um with joe he was fucking with joe but it, it couldn't have his fucking with joe wasn't going to stop joe's crest from activating yeah and same with same with TK even like their crests weren't in opposition to their their episode. 
So yeah, I really like dug that this different. one had like stakes, had different stakes. Yeah, that's fair. To backpedal now, now Mimi has kicked them out of the house. Yeah, and the frog people and the tadpole people show show Ty and Joe why they're letting Mimi boss them around. Yeah, we're gonna find out some some very fun things. This yeah. has been a fun episode so far, and, but what's about to happen is bananas. Oof. And you know what's bananas. crazy? You know what I really dug about this episode was that while Mimi is kind of living her own sort of princess fairy tale dream. The episode plot, the actual plot itself, has a very uh, fairy tale structure. Yeah, yeah, frog That's prince. Really true. Yeah, this frog, yeah. and also like he's been asleep for three hundred years, and only like a, only a, the sweetest voice will wake him. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So, so we meet this guy, uh, this incredibly large frog, uh, Lord Shogunmon. Shogunmon, uh, and he's this big, big frog. Uh, in a very Pokemon evolution well, sort of way. He kind of looks like a tomato more than a frog from behind. Right. Yeah, he's got like a big Rick and Morty plumbus hanging down. <laughs> yeah. Just ready <laughs> to get two nice horns, plump. Two horns poking out of his back like a Blastoise. Yeah, I was going to say, like, it's it's a real Pokemon evolution thing. Like, the tadpole starts with no horns. The next one's a frog with one sousaphone. And then he's a giant frog with two sousaphones. Yeah. Uh, yeah. yeah, they and- kind of took the lead with, from Pokemon in that one, I think. And it's uh, he's just he's absurdly large. And apparently he has been sleeping for 300 years because 300 years ago he lost a singing contest and was super embarrassed. <laughs> it would have been fun if they said he lost it to Edamon as we he would not be the first like God, musical that would be guy amazing. we've met. If they, oh, if they like retconned that into existence, <laughs> that would be amazing. Uh-huh. 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 They, uh, so basically just all of the rest of these frogs are super rudderless and they don't know what to fucking do. And Demi Devimon has sort of his only like Iago poison the well moment here was to tell them that Mimi's got a really good singing voice. You should go find Mimi. And, and the fun thing is that's not even a lie. Her voice can wake him up. Right. Yeah. But <laughs> even though she's like marginally better singer than the other people. But if, yeah, if you recall long time ago, back in the sewers, in the Togemon in Toy Town episode, they have her sing and they all hate her voice. That's so, right. Yeah. I forgot. Which was, which was a dub invention. So the dub has written themselves into this shitty corner where they're like, I guess we just, Do she's a good singer now. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. completely. Yeah, because they just wanted to dunk on Mimi for no yeah. reason. And now yeah. they've fucked themselves. Yeah. <laughs> now we're fucked. <laughs> oh, shit. We oh, should have been no. nicer to Mimi. <laughs> So Shogunmon, uh, th- there's like three names for Shogunmon, which is a little strange. We've got Shogunmon, yeah. which is what they call him out loud. And then we've got the title card where Shogun they, Gekomon. where yeah, they show his name as Shogun Gekomon, which is a big mouthful. But in originally in Japanese, his name is Tonosama Gekomon, which is a real big tongue twister. Uh, but what's interesting Plus is they must that be, they must be getting antsy about having not gotten to use Shogun yet. Like, exactly. That's the one Japanese word we know. We can't even. We haven't even used it. <laughs> exactly. And what's interesting to me, and may not be interesting to anyone else, but uh, he's not based around a shogun. He's based around a daimyo, like a, a lord, sort of a lower oh, right. level. Because Tonosama is like a, a a respectful way of addressing a daimyo. So like, cool. he's he's Tonosama Gekomon, like essentially like Lord Frog Sound Monster, <laughs> which is a terrible name, but. But that's what they're doing with the name. And now they've called him Shogun Mon, which is like, it's fine. 
but he doesn't visually remind you of a shogun. He's just got the he's got kind of like the that weird little plumbus thing is sort of kind of like the the little top knot hair thing that those guys oh, did. Oh yeah, that makes sense. Uh, the horns I don't fucking know. The horns don't make any sense. It's, that's their that's their new fun factor. Yeah, yeah, it's fun. They factor. wanted to do a karaoke episode, I guess. <sighs> okay, so I've <laughs> talked a lot. Somebody else talk about this next shit that happens. Yeah, so we get a little flashback of. Mimi singing and we learn her fun little song about wake God, up it's, please it's like this fun little beat this little backbeat it's kind of this, disco this funky this funky little disco number and this like yeah like Gloria Gaynor like <laughs> or, you know this like <laughs> I will survive kind of kind of mm-hmm. 70s disco disco hit yeah yeah and then uh they the Kids have a fun idea. We're like, well, look, we can just try to sing. We'll wake him up. uh, The thing, the thing was that Mimi, Mimi stopped singing the song because she forgot the words. That's a big part of it. Then they tried to get her to sing the song again, and she's like getting distracted because she's getting used to their treating her amazing. And then she just keeps coming up and butter up to sing again, and she's kind of yeah, she's becoming like, well, maybe I can see how far this this train goes. (laughs) She's just kind of abusing their desperation. Yeah, it is kind of a payoff of her being a princess in in Uh so many other episodes and being like, oh boy, I sure wish they had a hot tub here, or Mm -hmm. like, man, I sure could use a, you know. Like looking for the day spa in every post-apocalyptic, vi- you know, village they visit, and <laughs> having that end up actually come home to roost, where she gets that and it becomes a big issue because she gets what she wants. You know, they give a character what they want mm-hmm. and kind of explore what happens there. I think that was actually uh, kind of a fun choice. I agree. Yeah. So she starts to play a little little trick so she can keep getting the treatment. <laughs> That she wants. Um, the kids do sing some funny songs to try to try to wake up Shogun Mon. Oh shit, they do. Uh, Ty tries to kind of like rock and roll, hammer like hammer, sing it out. He <laughs> says, "I'm gonna belt. I'm just gonna belt it out. It's gonna work," which is a fun like call to attention to that that he just can't sing and he's just gonna mm-hmm. try anyway. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> Joe's song was really funny. Joe's uh, song is really good. <laughs> I have the lyrics to Joe's song. Oh, oh, you let's did. Hear it, Andrew. Oh, thank let's God. hear you. Let's hear you do do your do your here's, version of Joe's here's, song. Here's Joe's song. I am attempting to sing a song, a song that will awaken you and aid all the Gekamon that are loyal to you and your worldview and the idea of you being in charge. <laughs> he does a couple rounds of that one. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, he starts it over, but I'm attempting to sing a song. <laughs> it's weird. It's almost like a freaky chant that has no rhythm and uh, like. They're it's loyal to you character. and your worldview. God, it's so good. It's so <laughs> on point for Joe. Um, yeah, okay, so then, right. As that doesn't work, then the kids have to, they think they can secretly record uh, Mimi. Uh, Palmon has now figured out that Mimi might need a little help, a little nudge in the right direction getting out of this, mm-hmm. out of this brat hole she's dug herself. In. So <laughs> Palmon's now a secret agent, and she shows up in Mimi's room with, like, a karaoke machine. A very conspicuous karaoke machine. <laughs> Yeah, but Abel's leaning out the window. Yeah, they're hiding just outside the window (laughs) with the door open. (laughs) And uh, obviously, Mimi finds out pretty quickly. Yeah. Uh, They call her Princess Dungeon. A thousand years dungeon. (laughs) 
<laughs> it's in, pretty instant. I didn't even know this castle had a dungeon. She chucked him out first, but she didn't she didn't imprison them. But now she's yeah. full on like, nope. Uh, so it's up to Sora. Yeah. Secret Sora. We get another visit of Secret Sora. Mm-hmm. And apparently Sora, like she's become a god, apparently, in the time <laughs> that we've not seen her. Uh, she's become some kind of interdimensional spirit. <laughs> and she visits uh, Mimi's dreams. And I, my impression was that she literally Scrooge dream. Mimi was just kind of, you know, half awake. That that I think is my interpretation, too. Like, I don't think she literally like, you know, haunters her way into eating her dreams. But I think she just shows up at her bedside and then runs the fuck away when she was. But like, see, up. but see, Mimi. Well, Sora knew what kind of dream she was having. I mean, it's fair that she was also speaking it out. She was like vocalizing like, no, stop. Help me. Yeah. Mm-hmm. But. It's definitely felt like Sora was like, I need to do something. And suddenly she has Mimi has this this Ebenezer Scrooge dream uh-huh. and she gets visited by two ghosts. And then <laughs> Sora is like, change your ways, Scrooge. And then she does. And it works yeah. out pretty well. And honestly, if you could convince oh, I I'd like to convince you that me that Sora is a is some kind of dream god. A dream <laughs> wizard? Yeah, Alleg- allegedly, Ben. This episode is so action. So it's not Morpheus. At this the point, King of we've dreams. still got like a lot more to talk about. This was such a such a such a bananas episode. Yeah. Uh, oh my god. So now Mimi has decided she's willing to sing, and she has she has summoned her friends to the concert hall, and uh, she begins to sing the full song, uh, and it works. Mm-hmm. And our guy wakes up. Our boy Shogun, whatever man. Shogun, uh, sure. and. Turns out Boy, he's a he dick. Fu- he's a dick. He, <laughs> uh, but his fight was really funny. He sings these sort of weird garbly tunes. Oh, my uh, God. Those songs are silly. It's F. Yeah, he, he punctuates every one of his, like, tiny little songs with a big old, like, sonic punch that blasts people. Mm-hmm. So he, and he's singing about hurting people. He's like, I'm going to sing and I'm going to hurt you with my fist. Bam. <laughs> like it, 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 they all kind of feel like that. <laughs> uh, yeah, Shogunmon is, is full on goof town. But I was yeah, bummed about happens. the ending because uh, Mimi stands up to him anyways and sings him, sings him down, like has a sing off with him. And it and that's when she activates her crest. Yeah, that's right. But we don't get to see Togemon's uh, you know, next Digivolve. We see we get oh. Metal Greymon just show up for a second to finish the fight. And it's like. Yeah, that's that totally unearned. After all of this, why we kind of wanted to see the Mimi thing. I know, yeah, like, but, but we didn't was... get Izzy's last episode. So yeah, we did. Yeah, we did. We got. Uh, oh, we did. Mega Kabuteri yeah, Mon. Yeah, shit, that's right. Mega that's, that's right. We did. Yeah, I just, so all I guess the I signs forgot. were pointing. All the signs were pointing, and the moment was there. Yeah, we missed get... Joe's because it wasn't really a Joe episode, though it was sort of framed like it would have been. It was yeah, the it was Matt, more episode. Like a Matt episode. That was yeah. that was the Matt. Yeah, that yeah. was Matt's like key focus on him but yeah the fact that we didn't get a mimi after this whole thing like she learned her lesson she got the crest like what better time for us to get a digivolve and so i i I felt a little robbed by that i did too but i do want to say uh that as as uh uh metal metal graymon was digivolving i was like oh man if immediately after this digivolve hey digimon starts playing i'm gonna (laughs) and then it did it did (laughs) We got Hey Digimon a fucking again for the, the yeah. victorious yeah. moment. 
I have they a kind of read Norman a leg for that song. Why we used Metal Greymon, though I still kinda of, it still kinda of leaves a bad sexism taste in my mouth. Yeah. That they didn't do they didn't give it to Mimi anyway. Yeah. But yeah. this episode was so long that Metal Greymon shows up. I looked I saw I looked at the timer. There's about forty seconds left of the episode when, when we get <laughs> that champion evolve or the ultimate evolve. Uh-huh. And it's possible they just wanted to give her a that was like a bad time to reveal a new a new Digimon. Right. And yeah. they just didn't have the didn't have the time. But I think it's, they could it have, have cut been. a few things. I, I would agree. I would agree. That's why <laughs> I said it's a it's a reaching example, but a Metal Greymon does show up at almost curtains. Yeah, right. they could have cut Agumon and Gomamon singing karaoke. Yeah. <laughs> uh, yeah, Metal Greymon they, shows up. He fires two chest missiles that insert themselves into Shogunmon's like giant sousaphone horns. Nick, yeah, yeah they go in like a like a Death Star shot. Yeah, he yeah, fucking dies. Yeah, he dead. The last thing we see is uh, Demi Devimon getting uh, tortured over a flame by Myotismon. Oh, yeah. Yeah. He another what would happen another if he... fun scene of torture. Yeah. <laughs> Just torturing. It's fine. Uh, I mean, I'm hoping that Myotismon actually shows up and does anything tangible next episode. I don't know. It would be nice to actually, actually get him on, on the see what he looks like. Yeah. I mean, we've seen what he looks like, but we haven't seen him do a damn thing. Right. He, his power could just be being a sexy vampire. Oof. That'll work Which... on me. Yeah. Get the Digimon. Oh, boy. I sure am wizard tired. <laughs> Yeah, I've been sleeping for a real spell, and oh, I'm, I'm tired. I also know wizard jokes. <laughs> oh, man. It's been a real fun time here at, at Lumpy Pig Academy for Spells and Such. Uh, yeah, we all... we've done some really good magic today. We've all done some good magic today, and I think <laughs> what we've really realized is that the magic was in us all along. Yeah, yeah. Even in and you, also, Rory. Yeah, even, even in, in Rory. Even in people we don't like. Even in my hardened heart. <laughs> yeah. Even even though Rory was busy being such a an Avada a, a Downer, uh, we, we pushed through it and we had a great fun episode in spite of Rory. Yeah, we hope we warmed you right down in your JK Rowlings. <laughs> <laughs> All the way down to your to your wand zone. <laughs> Magic. We have to. We have to end the episode now. We have to call. <laughs> All it. right. We'll catch you yeah. next week, boys and girls, and uh, other wizarding races. There's the elves, right? They got. Um, yeah, they got elves. Oh, what else do they have? They got goblins. They got elves. They got goblins. They got. They got trolls. They Maybe I'm not a total friends. baddie. I know some of the things. Let's go. <laughs> let's go. Now, let's walk off into the sunset while I'm. I'm, I'm high on. Uh, <laughs> on wizard Harry knowing. Potter. Harry Potter stock value. Yeah, and as we say every episode, our, our famous sign-out line that we always say, uh, those famous words, once again, are uh, trotting to the beat, trotting to the trotting to the street. You heard it here first, but not for the first time, because we say it every time. So see you yeah. later, guys. See Wizard, later. goodbye! <laughs> <laughs>
Hey everybody, thanks for listening to our Crazy Wizard episode today of Saturday Morning Tuesdays, the one where our entire normal host situation was replaced by wizards, uh, Filigree Crownsworth, Virginian Thundersharks, and Gary, and we recorded live from Lumpy Pig Academy for spells and such. Uh, every week we spray our concentrated wizard stuff all over iTunes and other podcast houses, and we also save some of that juice for social media and on our website, satamtuesdays.com, S-A-T-A-M, Tuesdays.com. So, hey, come check us out by casting a level two spell of hitting that subscribe button. Next week, we're going to have our lovely friend Allison back. We'll be back. And we're going to be watching episode 13 of Silverhawks, episode 23 of Sailor Moon, and episode 26 of Digimon Adventure. We will also have a very exciting announcement wherein at least one of our shows will die. I don't know, maybe. Hey, special thanks to our episode sponsors this week, The Downtown Trouser House and Steve's Dropping. Goodbye. Goodbye.